Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to This Band is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline DiMiuga, and I decided to greet you in my native Texas tongue today because we've got two amazing country and folk artists that we're going to be listening to. Now, if somehow you don't know what the hell this is or why you're listening to it, you should check out our previous two episodes. They are pretty good if I do say so myself, and they kind of give you a better idea of what this show is about. If somehow you decided to disregard my suggestion of listening to these other episodes, how dare you? But also, thanks for still listening to this one, I guess. So, what is this show? I interview two bands, and both acts perform a single just for you, but only one of these bands has never existed until now. One of these bands is fake. It's up to you at home to figure out which one is real. We'll take a poll on our socials, then the following night you can check out our live Twitch stream to see if you were right. So be sure to follow This Band Is Real on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TBIR underscore pod to vote. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to your podcast nowadays. Not on Spotify because Spotify doesn't believe in having music and podcasts all in one little RSS feed. And I think that's nonsense. But anywho, let's get to the guests. Thank you for listening to This Band Is Real. Um, so we were supposed to start off the show with an interview with Lazarus Stone of Heirloom Tomatoes. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to get a hold of Lazarus. Um, he just hasn't been returning my calls. So um, I guess... We're just gonna maybe listen to the song that. Hello. Holy crap! What? Hello, Whoa. Miss Lady. Lazarus? Oh, you, honey, wait in the car. I'll, this will just take a second. This is just business talk. What? Hey, six feet away. What? Oh, I don't. I got tested and everything for every disease in the book. I get tested at least once a week. What? We're okay. How you doing? Lazarus, how did you get my address? Google. You can find anything on Google. And I figured, what's the point of doing all this over Skype or Google Hangouts? I don't really want to do that. Let's uh, let's just do this the old-fashioned way, face-to-face as it's meant to be. Corona be damned. Um, you're sure that you've been tested and everything came back negative, right? Like I said, my weekly trip to the clinicians have told me otherwise. I am good to go. All right, well, if you... If you wouldn't mind getting a little closer to the mic, please. Oh, sure. So Absolutely. A little bit better. Yep. It's a little tight in this tiny apartment, but. Yeah, it's kind of why I want you to. What are you, poor or something? A little bit. It's not like I make that much money to begin with, but. Okay. Well, so why didn't you return any of my calls, though, for this interview? Well, I've been partying pretty hard over these last couple of weeks. You've been partying and you're in my apartment. I am, but like I said, I got tested. Ugh. When was the last time you went to one of these parties? Uh, last night. It was a COVID test party where we all got together, got COVID tested, and tested for other diseases, mostly venereal. <laughs> and when I, I came up negative for most things, corona included. Ne- most things? Yeah, there are some other things that I shouldn't uh, divulge on the podcast right now. I, I'm, I'm going to drop all my diseases later uh, on another podcast, so I'm saving oh, those. Uh, tune in later on Thursday for my weekly podcast where I go over all my Venereal diseases and the effects that they have. Okay, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna just bust through this interview so you can get the hell out of my apartment. 
Um, okay, uh, Lazarus, tell me about Heirloom Tomatoes, how you met your husband, Thomas, and, uh, your drummer, Yancey Boy, and how you guys got this band together, and why the name Heirloom Tomatoes. Uh, okay, I'll start with the name Heirloom Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, that came up, uh, because I was born, uh, and raised, uh, on an Heirloom Tomato farm. But when I say born on the farm, I mean I was born amidst the heirloom tomatoes. I was born between a plowed field. Like in the vines? In the vines, correct. I was born right next to a bunch of green unwrapping tomatoes, much like my body was unwrapped at the time. Wait, so you were premature? A little bit. Hmm. Six months premature. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Your mother must have been frightened. It was a frightening time for my family, but... Thankfully, with the experience that uh, my mother and father had used raising heirloom tomatoes, mm -hmm. they applied that to me in my premature body and eventually raised me and grew me into a thick, virile, fully grown male, as you see before you right now. Yeah. Are, wait, are you saying that your parents... Yes. Heirloom tomato farmers... Yes successfully delivered a premature baby mm -hmm. amidst the fields of their farm. Yes, and through the power of Jesus Christ, of course, that cannot be understated. It was the power of God and Jesus Christ that got me here today. Uh, yeah, okay, Lazarus. Um, You seem like you do not believe me, and that offends me. I mean, it's a little bit of a that fantastic is my life story. story. That it's, is my life story. It's a little... Unbelievable, if you ask me, Lazarus. Right. Well, like, a lot of things about like... me is pretty unbelievable. Okay, like unbelievable what? Man. Like what? Well, like the fact that I am one of the world's only gay country music performers. There's not a lot of us out there, and I'm the number one gay country music performer. And it's it's that's that's it's it's absolutely impossible to come up as a gay country performer, especially in the climate that uh, I came up in in the deep south. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's you know. pretty unbelievable. I mean, it, it, from what I hear about your music and your very loyal fan base is mm -hmm. that you you and your husband, Thomas, are incredible songwriters, and that cannot be denied. Nope. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Thomas, uh, how did you meet and create this band that uh, apparently beat the odds in this industry? Well, I, I met Thomas uh, at church. Uh, we were a couple of choir boys. I met him when I was 14. So mm. we were kind of uh, high school sweethearts in a way, even though neither of us went to high school. <laughs> high school age sweethearts. You, you never went to high school? No, no. I never went to middle school either. I went through uh, fifth grade and my parents pulled me out, had to work on the heirloom tomato farm. Wow. Pretty early age. Oof. Yeah. It's rough out there in the Wait, South. Wait, so then how did you meet Thomas at 14? Like was I said, it just in the choir? It was just in the choir, yeah. Oh, I see. See, that's where we uh, found each other. Uh, we also realized that we had a propensity toward music. Uh, and one day I invited him to come over to my house uh, to experiment both musically and sexually. Okay. Uh, and we found out that we kind of connected on many different levels. Mm. And the story writes itself from there. So, and your parents were cool with it when they found out? My parents, yeah, were very cool with it. Unlike other families in the uh, Deep South, uh, my parents were pretty liberal. They uh, were pretty open to a lot of things. Uh, socially liberal, economically uh, Republican. 
but uh, yeah, they were okay with it. They actually uh, gave us a, a, a nice safe haven for our love. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, good on your parents for... I got very good parents. Doing all the things that they do. Mm -hmm. That's truly incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of the Deep South, uh, I, I have heard tell of shows that you've done in the South before. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I don't and, go to Birmingham uh, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, well, the story goes that uh, we were on tour. Uh, this was pretty early on in our career when a lot of people in the South... See, when we first started going uh, out and performing, a lot of people didn't know our story and that we were uh, gay. Uh, so when they would hear our music, they would really love the twang and the sounds that we would make, but they didn't know the story behind us. Mm. Uh, so they would love our music and they would get along great. But uh, once they saw how we interacted with each other, their ears started perking up. Hmm. And their beer bottles started getting raised oh. a little bit. See, I'm a little bit older, so I grew up... Uh, we came up in the 90s, and it was still a little... It wasn't uh, as accepting back then hmm. in the 90s, uh, especially in Birmingham, Alabama, and even mm -hmm. still today. I'm sorry, is this a dog that you brought in the studio? Oh, I yeah, just, it, it just climbed yeah, into my Yeah, I have my it in my, in my tote, my teacup chihuahua. It's not the most uh, masculine dog, but I mean, I'm, she is a cutie patootie. She is very cute. I'm, I'm so surprised that I didn't, didn't see her until now. Huh? She is very tiny. It's oh. very easy to miss. God, I, <laughs> Sometimes sure? I see her and I think, oh god, there's a rat in my apartment, and I squeal like a little girl. <laughs> it, 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 is she okay in there? Like to be curled up in oh, that she, tote? She's fed and watered pretty well. Yeah, she's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Sorry, but you were talking about the very serious issue of discrimination against you, live concerts in the 90s exactly. in Birmingham. It, I, it, was, it was hard coming up in there, because uh, once the uh, a lot of our performances always ended kind of badly, mm. because at the end, you know, we can't help ourselves. We have a, a nice hour-long set, and we're, we're, going, we're giving it our all, our heart and soul are into it. And so at a certain point, the passion takes over us, and me and Thomas kiss each other. Sometimes mm. on stage. Mm -hmm. We don't think what we're doing because we were raised right. We were raised not to fear what our love is. Mm. But then the audience would see that and then they would just go absolutely apeshit. No. And it was fucking awful. But, uh, you know, we, we persevered uh, until Birmingham, Alabama, that is. That was uh, the last time me and Thomas kissed on stage, at least for a few years. We do it now since the world is a little bit more... Uh, open to us mm. but uh back in uh, i think it was 97 uh we had just finished up a tour uh through america and birmingham was our last uh location we were playing at a house of blues over there and uh at the end of our set uh we gave ourselves a, we get we kissed each other and uh my god have i never seen a more hate-filled and just it was it was it was like that scene from The Wizard of Oz when all of the monkeys tear apart the scarecrow. Oh my god. And they just kind of, it was like that crazy animalistic rage induced like mania that the crowd just, and I'm talking thousands of people all just at once. Oh my god. Screaming and hollering and then the security had fucking no chance. They got torn apart. They're dead. Oh my god. Security died that night. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, 
Thankfully, me and uh, Thomas and our drummer Yancey Boy, mm-hmm. who lives with us at our villa, uh, he we all managed to slip out the back door. Uh, but uh, little did we know that uh, somehow some one of the uh, audience members had slashed or uh, cut the brake lines on our tour van. Oh my god! And so we make it uh, over. We make it about a mile before we realize that. And then we're going about 60 on the highway. And Jesus Christ, we had to swerve to miss all the traffic. But eventually the the van flipped and uh, sent us hurled into a river. Uh, destroying all of our equipment. Yeah, Yancey boy uh, lost three of his fingers that day. Oh my God. I lost a kneecap. So I can no longer unextend my leg. I'm always... Extended. It's like a peg leg, but it's real. I mean, I, I thought you were walking a little strangely when you walked. Mm-hmm. I have a very thick limp. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell with the jeans. The jeans look great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I got specially made jeans because uh, it, it looks a little weird that one knee is scuffed and the other one is perfectly pristine. Gotcha. You well, look freaked out by my stories. I, well... And I'm, that... I'm, used, to, I'm used to being judged. No, I'm just... But, I'm sorry that that happened to you. One, thank you. that that seems incredibly awful, and I can't believe that that's the kind of climate that you had to come up in the game in. Especially, I would just want to say that that takes a lot of courage. Well, thank you. To have that perseverance and that commitment to the love that you and your husband share, you must have been um, elated. It, whenever gay marriage was finally legalized in the oh, United yeah. States. Mm-hmm. We got married same day. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys get married? Uh, we got married in the panhandle of Texas. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Are you guys from Amarillo? Uh, he is. Mm-hmm. He was originally from Amarillo, and then he moved to uh, uh, into my hometown mm. uh, at like 13, like a year before we met. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, was it like small ceremony, big ceremony? Oh, it was a big how do you do. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because we had sa- we knew that the, the bill had was going to get passed, so mm-hmm. we had saved up and prepared for the marriage and the wedding. Wow. Yeah, so for, guys, to celebrate the day. So you guys were, and I assume currently are, pretty dialed in politically then. Oh, absolutely. You can't be a country music artist without being dialed in politically. A lot of uh, country artists, Dolly Parton, for one, is a, is a great political advocate for a oh, lot of things. Of I don't know if you've seen all the wonderful things she's done oh, for, for sure. coronavirus yeah. relief. Yeah. Dolly Parton is a national treasure. She is. And a lot yeah. of country artists put a lot of their time and effort into making the country a better place. Well, if you wouldn't mind me asking you, mm-hmm. uh, seeing that this is an open space that you have made your home in, uh, might I say boldly, but as it's safe. You are keeping your distance, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about the outcome of the 2020 election? <laughs> oh, boy. I, I have not been on record at saying this, but I, th- I, I think it's about time. because I've been a little worried about this because I'll probably lose some fans, but you know that's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Every time you announce something like, oh, I like cornflakes and I don't like oatmeal, all your fans, all your oatmeal fans leave you, say they'll never listen to you again, but they end up doing anyway. Mm. So I'm not too worried. Mm-hmm. I will say that I voted for Joe Biden. Well, that's good for you. I, I, it I, makes sense I, with yeah. everything that you stand for. Well, to be quite honest, I do vote Republican quite often. Mm. Uh, even though they do go against all of my social uh, wishes, 
uh, and they do try to block every bill to progress uh, human society, I do like the fact that they do not like to raise my taxes specifically because I am rich and I do not like sharing my money with the poor. That is some brutal honesty right there. But, mm -hmm. you know, that that is a honest statement. Like I, I said, socially liberal, economically Republican. All right. Well, I mean, did did you... So you didn't come out officially to endorse Joe Biden prior to the election, correct? You just kind of have kept this under wraps until now? I have. I, I, what I was the motivation behind that other than the fans? Were you a little worried about how people would perceive you? Well, I, it wasn't so much about... See, I'm not worried about how people perceive me anymore. Once you are mobbed by about 10,000 people at mm. once, you kind of don't really care about how people perceive you. Right. Uh, you know, the calluses and all that. Sure. Uh, I was just a little worried about this uh, Joe Biden guy. Mm. I, I don't like his tax plans for number one. Uh, I didn't want to endorse anybody. Mm -hmm. I, I did just uh, want to go against uh, that Donald Trump because uh, I don't like what he does for the uh, gay community. I, I feel like he's uh, kind of a faker, if you know what I mean. I oh, see, yeah. I see a swindler when I, when I know one. Mm. I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I think that it, it, it is a good thing for everyone, regardless of who you are, that that man is no longer president. I wholeheartedly agree. All right. Well, let's move past the politics, shall we? Let's get into some of your music. Mm -hmm. uh, this latest album that your band has released called. Hot Cross Buns. Yeah. Um, what can we expect off of this album, Lazarus? Well, this is our uh, seventh studio release. Mm -hmm. So this is... Uh, it's it's not too experimental. We're kind of just giving more of uh, what makes us great. Mm. Uh, we haven't really deviated too much from our uh, original formula. We found that the fans don't like it when we deviate too much. Mm. Don't want to shake the boat too much, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, the the vibe that I get off of your music, it's very Johnny Cash, it's very classic, Love kind of Johnny like uh, Lyle Lovell, mm -hmm. uh, Lyle Lowell, Lowell? Lyle Love It. Love It, thank you for mm -hmm. correcting me. Like, it's got that very classic country sound. Yeah. And um, so you don't see yourself ever deviating from that, ever. No, there was the... We only deviate so much. We don't deviate anymore because we did try to do that one rap album. Ah. And <laughs> that didn't go too well. Yeah, I heard about this collaboration with Lil... Uh, Lil Boosie? Lil Boosie. Yeah. yeah that wasn't... Yeah, uh, that didn't end too well. That ended in a stabbing uh, between me and Lil Boosie. We stabbed each other a couple times. Uh, God. Yeah, it, 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 me and Lil Boosie do not get along too well. I mean, I, I would, found. after a stabbing, I don't see that anyone would want to be on speaking terms with each other. No, we do uh, We do send each other Christmas cards, and that's about it. We do not speak beyond that. Well, that's kind of nice. Uh, who, who sent the first Christmas card? And they, uh, I have to admit that they are pretty passive-aggressive uh, passive Christmas cards. Ah. Kind of Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Oh, types of cards. Okay. We get them specially made just for Lil Boosie. Everybody else gets their own Christmas card. Oh, That's nice okay. and uh, wholesome. Uh, who started that tradition? You or Thomas? Uh, the Christmas cards? Mm -hmm. uh, that was Thomas. Oh. He's he's a bit more of a homebody. I, I, I'm kind of the wild card of the family. Where he is. Uh, I mean, you definitely did just stroll into this apartment unannounced. And Sorry, I, Lazarus, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little... 
I know that we're a couple minutes into this interview already, but like, I'm just a little uh, uncomfortable. But with what? With how you just entered the apartment. Like, I'm pretty sure I locked my door. Um, oh no, yeah, I, I broke it open. Yeah. You what? I'll, I'll pay for a new lock. I mean, but that's just how I, when I, <laughs> there's a room that I want to enter, I am going to get into it. That's the way you make it in the music career. You can't just wait for somebody to unlock a door for you. You got to fucking barrel through. You got to get a sledgehammer and break your way through, which what I did. With, that's what you did? How you, That's how you got signed? That's how I got into your apartment, and that is how I got signed to Capitol Records. I broke my way up to the top floor and said, sign me, motherfucker, and they did. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um... Well, uh, Hot Cross Buns, um, mm-hmm. being your latest release, uh, there is a single that has been really, really playing well amongst the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. It is called Handsome America. What can it you is. tell the audience about the single before we play it? Well, it's kind of a love letter to America. Uh, the last four years, and 2020 especially, has been pretty rough on the American image, and uh, I know for myself and for Thomas and Yancey Boy, we've all kind of struggled with our perception of what America is, Mm. and how it's changed, and do we really, truly still love what America has turned into? Mm. And this is kind of uh, our statement on that, and I guess the statement truly is, is that we still do love what America stands for, Mm. and uh, what America is, and it's the song is just really all the things that we love about America. And like you said, the LGBTQ community, they love the song. Uh, But it is a controversial song because the country music community, again, it's still not too progressive. They don't like the the words and the message behind it. Because even though we say we love America, uh, it's a a gay love. We gay love America. Oh, okay. Yeah, It's it's a love that one man has for its manly country. Because America is a manly country. It's a very handsome country. Let's let's actually let's talk about why America is a handsome country. If okay. you just look at an American map, uh-huh. it looks like a dude. Does it? It does. How? Florida looks like a penis. Okay. Just penetrating the Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean. So that so then that would be like the pelvis area. Mm-hmm. And then right under that, where the uh, dirty South would be, that would be the taint. Uh huh. And then Texas. Is clearly the balls. It just kind of swoops down under there, resting over the sweaty Mexico mm-hmm. area. So then what does that make California? Thick, juicy ass. That's quite a distance between the balls and ass there. It, it, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have a big, juicy ass, it's going to be quite a distance. So are you saying America is a bear? America is a bear. A big, hairy bear. Listen up, America. I got something to say. You might not agree with the fact that I'm gay But I'm gay for you, America Gay for you in a real big way I'm not trying to be crass or rude But I think America's a sexy dude Standing over there with a big old D And that D stands for democracy Where else can you vote for Republicans And also vote for Clay Aiken Come on, America, let's cuddle up In the back of my pickup truck We'll get drunk on Fireball while we watch a movie with Steve Seagal. Nothing revs my hot ignition like capitalism and politicians. Like that sexy Mitch McConnell. I want to dress him up like Ronald McDonald and fuck him. 
in the ass. America, America, you are so gay, it's true. My balls are red and also white, but mostly they are blue. Separate your church and state and take a seat right on my face. Some people seem to disagree that I don't fancy Lady Liberty. Give me a five-way with Mount Rushmore. Invade my body like the Iraq War. I won't ask if you won't tell when you fill my body with your patriotic gel. I wish I could be the Caribbean so I can feel Florida from within. And if Texas is the testicles, I'd rather be in Mexico. That makes the anus the land of Lala, and I'll enter it like the Fujikawa. You're not just one big melting pot. You're more than that, because you're fucking hot. America, 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 you are so gay, it's true. My balls are red and also white, but mostly they are blue. Thank you again so much for listening to This Band Is Real. Guys, we have a real all-star with us in studio today. It is the greatest frontman that has ever lived for a country duo. It is the one, the only, Shed Dingwall for 4K Horse Nuts. Give hey. it up, folks. Uh, Hello. I, we have no audience with us right now, Shed, but I'm sure That's you quiet. can feel their energy. It's a it's little very, quiet. It's very quiet. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Shed, tell me, you have a very unconventional name for your band. It's very out there. It's very, uh, I would almost say strategic in the way that it stands out from the rest of the country music market. Yeah. But um, where did 4K Horse Nuts come from? Yeah. I mean, strategic is the right word. So I'm glad you picked up on that. Hmm. We did uh, some market research before we really got started and did like SEO of like what's being most being typed into Google, you know, and oh, YouTube. Oh, okay. Because it's really, it's all about visibility and the hits. So you just got to make sure that whatever you go with, it's going to be at the top of any internet search. Mm. Um, you know, people love watching high quality videos. It doesn't get higher quality than 4K. Um, and... People like bovine uh, or equestrian things. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't understand it, but all of them (laughs) added together, it just, you know. And then the nuts thing? Well, it's just, this is, this is, these are just phrases that are trending, you know? Ah. And again, I don't, I don't pretend to understand what the people want, but I just respect it when they want it. I, I love that there is such a methodical way that you guys put that name together and uh, you and your bandmate, Terrence, uh, yep. you guys are really, um, I, I love the fact that you guys really kind of defy that stereotype of whenever people just think country music, they just think that it's just like ho-donk, uh, redneck, right. like, like metrosexuals most of the time, just like um, coming up with uh key phrases for people just to like say yeah that's a country song but you sure. and Terrence have a very different like ride my approach. track yeah yeah like I don't think that your songs are like that no it's true it's true um I mean talent has really nothing to do with the music industry right it's mm. uh there's there's people that have talent 
we're not hearing them. Uh, it's all about the metrics and the numbers and who gets heard. Mm. So for us, the most important thing was to be heard. So we wanted to make right. sure that we, you know, mathematically got at the root of the problem and tried to figure out how best to do that. So yeah, so it's, it's all been an equation. That's, that's so fascinating to me. Like a lot of people don't realize this about a lot of musicians, but there are a lot of musicians that are incredible at like arithmetic and that kind of, there's this whole thing of like music theory. Um, sure. Musicians really are uh, just like a, a cut above a lot of people whenever they think about like intelligence and how do we measure that. So right. did you parents like, it almost sounds like the whole formation of this band was quite um, unorthodox as a sense. It wasn't that you guys just kind of like met at like a coffee shop or like in an open. No, night. no. You know, we met in math class. You're right. You're totally really? Right. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard Einstein's um, acapella that he has? There's I like, have you, not. Yeah, you can find this online. It's just mm. him. It's just him. Like, I don't even think he recorded it knowing it was going to be like, you know, people were going to care. He was just, that was just a passion of his. Oh. You're right. Like, you know, music's all about timing. It's very mathematical. So Terrence and I, we both kind of grew up being interested in uh, Einstein's hits and figured that, you know, if, if he could make the jump from math to music, so could we. Wow. Yeah. I... That is so fascinating to me, but that's, it almost makes sense. Come to think of it with like how you guys write your music. It's just, it, it feels perfectly, uh, I, I would say catered to your audience. Like you guys know exactly how to lure them in, but it's, it's not in a superficial way. It is Good. like the way that you that. guys, <laughs> the way that you guys seem to really uh, hook your audience, even like your social media presence is, is, truly interesting to me like you guys really give your fans a run for their money to keep up with you guys because you're pretty hard to find but it's yeah. almost um it's 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 amazing how you're able to like really clinch that audience like how did you what did you guys do as far as research to like know exactly what your audience wanted right well the, the, the social media is mostly terrence's realm um mm, okay i just he just will like yell at me and I'll turn <laughs> and I'll be terrified and I'll take my picture. Um, um, that's what that whole series is about. The ones where I'm like, you know, naked and screaming or like I'm on the <laughs> toilet with my hand trying to cover. It's like, that's all him just oh, no. surprising me. Um, and I get it. I get it. I know people like the kind of stuff. It's not, it's never fun. Like uh, the whole time, you know, there was a few months there where it was just a series of him waking me up in the morning. Um, mm. And you know, I get it. You know, it, it would get a lot of likes, but phew, Jesus Christ, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> Is there friction between you and Terrence? Like as your duo has gone to... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's... But music is friction, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, we, we work that into our songs. Uh, oh. Certainly. And, you know, with a good friend, you got to be able to fight with them. And you got to oh, be able to have so conflict. True. Oh, right yeah get it all out in the in the area so so one thing i always respect about terrence and i hope he respects about me is that you know i'm gonna call him on his shit he's gonna be mad at me when i you know didn't get more toilet paper or re, you know restock or something like that no i i can really appreciate that i think a real 
evidence of a great relationship is just how you resolve conflict between each other as well. Right. Where it's like, can we move past you not getting enough toilet paper? You know what I mean? Totally. Nonviolent communication is key. Oh, for sure. It's all about expressing your needs and uh, honoring the other person. So we try. I feel therefore because statements kind of. Right. I I feel therefore I am. Yeah. Oh, I feel therefore I am. We're getting a little bit of Descartes. Yeah, yeah. The um, emotional Descartes. Oh, I see. Well, um, speaking of emotional, you guys certainly had a time in, uh, from what I can tell, from at least what the tabloids were pushing out there. And I, I didn't know what to believe, but can you enlighten me on 4K Horse Nuts's stint in jamaica oh yeah yeah no that was that was crazy that was crazy and that yeah Yeah. that was the that was the last tour we did before before everything locked down but we yeah so we were told that we um had several shows in jamaica and we were super excited um we didn't even like have time. We didn't even like read, you know, the email or anything coming in. So we, we booked the flight. We went down there. Neither of us had ever been out of the country. Um, we get down there, we get to the hotel. Um, we had been watching that. Uh, what's that? What's the, uh, sledding movie. Shit. Cool runnings. Cool runnings. Yes. Thank you. We've been watching that like marathon for like the week leading up to it. Oh damn. And we get the hotel, we get to our room and we uh, we call the guy who had set this up, and we find out that it was Jamaica uh, Queens. <gasps> oh no! Yeah. So we, but we already had the hotel booked. Um, the venues in New York were pissed. Oh shit! Um, but I mean, we had a great week. We we went to the beach. Mm-hmm. We uh, we uh, watched more cool runnings. Mm-hmm. um so it was fun you know it was fun what are, but shed what are you not telling me because like there were some pretty incriminating photos of you guys in jamaica like yeah. there's something that you're obviously leaving out and i i'm trying to give you a chance to just like confess a little bit just like I, be honest with your fans I, I thought this was gonna be that kind of an interview but okay. i mean okay. look I'm, I'm not saying it's a gotcha interview i'm not i'm not saying that but like i did get some messages from your fans whenever we announced that you guys are going to be um, coming onto the podcast that they're like, we want to know, like, what were you doing with Terrence in Jamaica? What is the story behind these photos? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. People, you know, they see things that they don't understand. Um, mm. They jump to conclusions and they want answers. And I, you know, I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. But life is all about, listen, life's all about taking risks. And most of, you know, our enjoyment in life is from experimenting. So let's just say that, you know, Einstein, going back to him, a lot of his experiments, if you were to have seen him tinkering around, I'm sure he would have been doing also some weird things. Okay. Um, we, we applaud him once he comes up with the breakthroughs. He says E equals MC square. We don't really know how he got to E or MC, you know? So right, right, right. basically what I'm saying is that I didn't know the door was open when I was using the vacuum cleaner in that way. And mm. I'm sorry. 
I just wanted to know if it would work. Okay. Um, and it it didn't it didn't it didn't even give me the what I was expecting, which you know in science science and math you know failures are part of. And anyway, uh, all I'm trying to say is I I'm sorry that people saw what they saw. Mm. Um, I will not be doing that again. I can guarantee. Okay. Hey, you know what? What happens in Jamaica that is captured by paparazzi then goes out to the rest of the world. But you know what? I have heard worse from other guests. So just know that you are not a criminal here, Shed. Well, I, okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. My lawyer told me that, told me that, assured me that we wouldn't be getting into that too much. No, no, I will, in fact, we'll, we'll, we'll pivot away from it and we'll just move on and it's no big deal and it's water under the bridge. Um, I was told also that you guys got to actually meet with some, uh, well, not meet, but obviously watch some wild horses in Jamaica. What was that experience like? Oh, yeah. No, that was cool. That was cool. I mean, horses are crazy, man. I mean, yeah. they're big. <laughs> you ever been near a horse? Uh, once, um, as a Girl Scout, actually. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it was a whole program during uh, a summer camp where we had to learn how to ride horses. My legs were not long enough for the horse. Um, mine basically was running off away with me, um, runaway bride style. Like it was oh, not shit. great. Yeah, but oh, uh, I've yeah, never rode a horse ever since. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's from, that's scary. But they are they are majestic creatures. Like I can't deny that. Well, that's the funny thing is we're trying to make like self-driving cars. It's like, um, excuse me. That's how this started. <laughs> we had that already. It was called horses. <laughs> it was crazy. But no, the horses were cool. Horses were cool. Um, yeah, you know, Jamaica, not known for its horses, but great horses. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was um, a little surprised to hear that there was like this um, healthy breed and species of horse that lived like on Jamaica beaches. Um, seeing wild horses on islands is not as common nowadays, but it is really, really fascinating to know that they can still live in the ecosystem that has been so ravaged by humans. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And you know, we, we actually, one day we were seeing the horses uh, and we actually got to meet one of our major influences. Oh really? He, he was out there too, yeah, shooting like a new surf music video um so that oh, was yeah. very exciting yeah wait uh who who is this influence so that we might be able to like oh oh jack johnson no, the, oh, the man the myth the legend oh yeah yeah no no 4, 4k horse nuts would be nothing he's he's 50 percent of our musicology right there that is so great and like so did you actually get to meet with him and like we were yelling he was far away um mm. but he's you know i could it was hard to tell if he was waving at us or his kids um because we were with his kids. So, oh, wow. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah. So I don't know. He got a little upset at the end there. But no, Jack, Jack oh. Johnson's an amazing guy. He's a hero. And that's why I felt bad about the vacuum thing. Because I don't, I don't think people give him enough credit. You know, we, there's, there's so many shitty men in our society. And, mm. and when you got a pure soul like Jack Johnson, people, yeah. you know, all, all throughout the, let me just, let me just get into this. Cause okay, all throughout the thousands, people are always just giving Jack Johnson a hard time. Oh, he's so lame. Oh man. Oh, what does he want to just do? Play Frisbee and like, you know, play his little ukulele. Like, hey, listen, I'm sorry. This is what a nice person looks like. <laughs> do you not want this? Because <laughs> this is what the nice people do. Yeah. yeah. 
he, so all I'm just saying is people need to stop giving Jack Johnson on time. And his banana pancake song gets way too much uh, attention. I don't even like banana pancake song. It's okay. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's all right. You, you know listen what I to mean? that and you think like, you're like, oh, okay. Jack Johnson just talks about like fruit foods, you know, but no, <laughs> there's more to him than that. Listen to Jack Johnson and stop giving him a hard time. He's, he's a, he's a good person. He's an incredible vocalist. Like there's something about that vocal that is so inherently him that it can't be replicated by anybody that I think is, that's what makes it really, really special. I think that when you can't sound like anybody else and you only sound like yourself, that's where true artistry is. Cause that's where true authenticity lives. And that's true, the whole thing yeah. about Jack Johnson is that he's so authentically himself. He's not trying to be anybody else. He is the guy that just plays for his B and will write, songs about innocuous things and then people just got to deal with the fact that like i don't know the, the i totally agree with you on this whole thing about um fame and infamy and how people give too many people who do bad things like when i when i saw that whole story about you in jamaica and those photos i was like but can we talk about their music instead because like look he didn't hurt anybody these photos well i hurt myself i I mean, yeah, there were like some of the things that the hospital released that were just kind of like shed really yeah. got into some shit. But like outside of that, I was like, I mean, it's just it's a vacuum, you know, it's nothing that's like really insane. Like it's not right. anything remotely near to like what R. Kelly did, what Michael Jackson did. Like there's nothing wrong. And ironically, my music isn't nearly as good as them either. Which, that's, I, I don't know how I even feel about that whenever people say that, like, great art has to come from, like, great pain or, like, twisted minds, where I'm just kind of like, I No, I no, no. I mean, Jack Johnson is so. the, Jack Johnson is the key. He is. I mean, I look to our, our other, our other influence, um, and this is true, is, so, you know, growing up in math class, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, we weren't, we weren't just in math class, but right. when we that's when we were primarily hanging out. We were listening to Jack Johnson and our other major influence was Eminem. Mm. Um, and Eminem's a good example of someone who, you know, he's almost, I like to see him and Jack Johnson as like two sides of the same coin, you know, oh, one yeah. guy's just so nice and happy. The other guy's so angry. Yeah. He's so angry and he's got all this rage that's clearly working for him. But the problem with anger and rage is that, you know, Eminem built his entire career off of this. And as he gets more successful, he's like able to like probably go to therapy and mm. he's able to like, you know, not have to worry about paying rent. But the mm-hmm. guy's like, oh shit, I still have to stay. I still have to stay angry. Right. And that's why if you start out with the Jack Johnson standpoint, then you can, that you're allowing yourself to just get happier and the happier you are, yeah. the more you're reinforcing your brand. You're just coasting. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I think uh, I think it's this weird narrative that like we just can't allow people to just be happy. Exactly. You know, exactly. exactly. Which is wild because that's all that anybody ever wants. You only just want to be happy and secure in what kind of life you're living, and um, it's already so hard to do that already. So why are we disregarding the people that are able to do it? You know. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And you know what it is? I think it's also because people work out of this thought process that either that person doesn't deserve to be happy Mm -hmm. or um, hasn't faced enough 
trial and tribulations in their life to then earn that happiness, you know? Right. And like, granted, not everybody starts at the same place uh, in this race of life, right? Like there are people that have significant drawbacks even before the first uh, gun is like let loose at the very top of the race. Definitely. But like, it's, it's hard to say that somebody is wrong for living their life truthfully and honestly and um, not um, bringing somebody down for the sake of them being able to have a good life like that. Totally, totally. That seems so wrong to me. And I feel like the awareness of privilege and, and, uh, and what, you know, once you like are uh, aware of it and, and you have empathy for other people, it's hard to not be like, well, shit, how can I have all this when these people don't have that, you know, and like, right. and I can do this safely and that person can do that. Like, I, I, but like, I think about how, like, you know, I love going on walks in my neighborhood. Uh, mm. That's, that's when, how Terrence and I write most of our music, you know, and I know that yeah. not everyone is able to like, f- feels comfortable and is able to just like, you know, go for walks. For sure. Feel. I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. I don't go walking at night alone unless I have my dog or my keys are woven between my knuckles like Wolverine. You know? which, is te- which is terrible. I know. That's so fucked up. And it's the so thing is, it's up. like, so what I, what I, for myself, what I've had to reckon is like, you know, I recognize that's fucked up and that's not okay. Um, and, but the thing for me to do is not to like, not go on walks. Um, right. Because it's not like, because other people don't have it, I shouldn't either. I feel like that should just motivate me not to uh, just act out of guilt. Be like, okay, well then we got to work this so we can all do this yeah it's like yeah no i i actually i actually feel that and speaking of like your music again i feel that in this newest album like people often whenever they see albums they take it at face value you know like they hear mm-hmm. it and they're just kind of like i don't know if i get into that but i think that it's really interesting the themes that you weave through your latest album guacamole like right. there's uh, I think the theme that I get from it is that there's so many different influences that have come into this album that ha- has kind of become this mishmash of these issues that we're having to deal with today. Right. And how, like, we still take part in it. We still eat the guacamole, but we have to really examine exactly. what's in it to really understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And it, guacamole is an incredible thing but it's uh it doesn't last forever you know it doesn't it's gonna go bad for sure it browns so quickly so it's a it's a wealth that's because the thing is it's like it's clearly a wealth that's better than money it's like yes if do i want two dollars or do i want guacamole time and time again i've proven that i would prefer the guacamole i'm constantly trading two dollars for guacamole Mm -hmm. but the thing is is that you can't invest guacamole you can't store Mm -mm. it you can't nope. lord it over people. It's like, all you can do is just eat it. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about it too, that I thought was so um, revealing about the album and like trying to think of the imagery and how it takes itself even farther, thinking about how quickly guacamole can go bad and how like green is this whole thing about it, how it, it, it like plays with the idea of wealth and what is wealth and what right. makes somebody wealthy. But the things that we think that make somebody wealthy, the superficial things tend to go away like that in an instant. And I just thought that was brilliant. The way that you guys really wove that through everything that you were talking about. 
God, I'm so glad you picked up on that. Ah, you know, it's the job. God, yeah, Pitchfork just totally, I felt like their review was really unfair. Yeah, I don't think that they really understood what you guys were going for, honestly. No, no, it's it's just like obsessed with like, oh, they're making another vegetable themed album. It's like, okay, but first of all, I'm pretty sure avocados are fruit. And third of all, wait, did I say second of all first? Um, Then I just feel like, yeah give us a break give us a break no honestly like i thought that butternut squash soup um when you guys came up with that and like your 4k horse nuts everyone was like oh this is a comedy album and you listen to it and you're like holy shit they're tracking this whole tragedy that happened with one couple that had to go through the holocaust together right like you guys were able to like take their story and then make it into just this, this lovely album and like really take people on a journey and i don't think that people this is the thing that i don't think people understand about country and folk music is Mm -hmm. that it's so based in storytelling and it's one of the very few genres that does it so well and in my opinion it's one of the only genres that gets away with it without it being like contrite or contrived like it's very natural to it because um i'm always fascinated to see like where music gets its roots from or like where it draws its roots from and for me the thing that i love about um folk music especially is that it has these roots in like celtic and irish music where you can see these parallels of like these actual um not just ballads but they're almost like sagas that Mm -hmm. right that's Um, how cultures pass on their their stories and their thoughts like that's the original history textbook you know is it so that's that's so true it's such a good point i think that you guys do such a great job of echoing that in your music especially with butternut squash soup i think you guys did that so well but i think for guacamole it's that it's not so much that you're talking about the past you're talking about the present and right. the present moment that we find ourselves in right which which you know and just like with the holocaust song in the last album i mean like people think that it's just going to be a silly song cuz it's called uh, bananagrams but mm-hmm. but then we talk about like you know how like that the the game bananagrams is actually has a history in like parts of germany that were invented by like german scientists that were trying to keep the troops like entertained when they were running the concentration camps you know wow and so like similarly on this album like uh already you know people were saying like oh you know four gay horse nuts is at it again like their first song's called i'm wearing socks um it's like okay well, how how deep can this mm. be it's like okay well you know what the last song on the album is called my feet are cold um and and for me what that what speaks to it's like you know we're we're, you wear socks because your feet are cold right so there's this irony at play where it's like even though i'm starting at this point of comfort i'm finding like it's not providing my self and my feet what i you know what i had hoped for it's like and what are you gonna do when your feet are cold and you're already wearing socks like put on more socks snaps snaps for that shed damn well i mean we've been talking about it a lot but um i I think the audience is ready to hear the single from guacamole i can't tell what can you tell to our audience about the song before we get it started well i uh was gonna i was just feeling like shit and uh just you know those modes you're just like God damn it. Everything I do sucks. What am I? <laughs> you're just second guessing everything. And yeah. like, 
I was gonna, I was gonna just write in my journal about it. Um, but instead I, I picked up my guitar and I just wrote the song and, uh, that's the power of music, baby. Made me feel, made me feel like maybe I wasn't completely full of shit. Should I just go? This milk's finally gone sour I can't tell if these clouds will turn to rain How can I tell if my choice is all the right ones I can't tell if my, my thoughts or am I just a brain I can't tell if I'm a genius or a dumbass I can't tell if I'm deserving to be loved listening to this band is real season two episode three don't forget to vote on our socials who you think was the real band at tbir underscore pod tune in tomorrow night on our twitch stream to see if you were right see you next time